The following is brought to you in part by MFC Studios. The views of the show's host and guests do not necessarily reflect those of the management, owners, or staff of this radio station. And now, it came from the radio. And welcome once again to It Came From the Radio, the official of the Big Apple Con. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking. With me in the studio, I have none other than our senior correspondent, Charlie Saladino. Hello, fun seekers. And we have a um, filmmaker and the Lee part of Jaybird and Lee, uh, Lee Clinton. Hello. And we have Hassan Godwin, the man on the side, on the phone. How are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> you had me scared for a second. Uh, so on <laughs> this week's show... We have another Jay Burton Lee segment. Um, we also have a new Chris Wosley's Chris Picks for Crackle. And L Man Jenny Feldy interviews comic creator Brandon Ingram. But before we do any of that, we have to take it away with the news. Take it away with the news, Mark. It's more than time! The news is brought to you in part by the fine folks of the uh, Big Apple Con, which we are the official radio show of, celebrating with 25, 6, 7, 8 years, comic book snuff, and pop culture and this. For more information, go to www.bigapplecc.com. The next convention is scheduled for December the 16th. It is the Big Apple Christmas Con. And the show is brought to you also in part by the fine folks at sci-fi.radio. That's sci-fi for, for your Wi-Fi. <laughs> also, want to mention uh, we have our shout-outs for our Patreons, of which there are... Danny Gorilla, award-winning director Jared Burrell, Kyle Horn, Millie Portez, Newsday Famous Resident Media, Shad Rabbit Art, Yasin Ray, Rosa, and a Huracan, which is on November the 18th. Um, if you guys want to have your own little shout-out, go to our website, www.itcamefromradio.com. The little button on there takes you right to our Patreon page. Also, on the It Came From Radio website, we have my book, uh, Designated. Uh, uh, 30 Years In The Making, about two warring alien races fighting over a newly discovered power source. The war finds its way to Earth, and humans gain abilities as a result. Also, I want to mention, on um, this Wednesday, November the 8th, we have our next live show at the East Metal Public Library with voice actor Mike Pollock. Um, he'll be giving away a free um, autograph uh, for one lucky member in the audience. It is completely free. Make sure you guys go down there on this Wednesday, November the 8th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and that's www.eastmetal.info. Also, on November the 12th, we have our big show, which we're going to be giving away tickets to the WinterCon, which is December 2nd and 3rd. We're going to be giving away tickets to the Big AppleCon, which is uh, December 7th, 16th, as I just mentioned. And we're also going to be giving away tickets to the Route 110 Comic Book Show, which is on November the 19th. Huh. All right. Now let's take away with the sad news. Let's see what I got. Um, newscaster Arnold Diaz died recently from cancer. Um, Arnold worked in a New York market on CBS uh, 2, ABC 7, Fox 5, and WPX 11 from the mid-70s all the way up to his retirement uh, at the end of March in 2022 and was perhaps best known for his Shame on You segment when he went around and was a, quote, consumer advocate bringing light to various wrongdoings and incompetence by private industry and government agencies, unquote. Um, I remember there was this one story that he did, and it was like a theme song. It was shame, 
Shame, shame, shame on you. Because he used to go around <laughs> telling people, see, Hassan knows. Hassan knows. I know. Yeah. All right, I remember all right, it. All right. I you remember it. So there was this <laughs> one, one one that sticks out in my mind that he was going after the cabbies. He was going after the cab drivers, but they were charging different prices depending if you were a, a, a tourist or if you were a, um, a local. Oh, I so remember and, that. Yeah, yeah. And, they, and they had the little black tape over the over the price meter, and you see him shoving the camera in his face, and he's like, hey, why is, that, why is there a tape on there? Why is that? He's like, no, no. No, no tape like there's tape right there you know and i just remembered distinctly that he did that he did that stuff for years um lee do you yeah. remember yeah i totally remember <laughs> all that shame 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 right it was like a whole thing and i think he used to chase down people uh, at their houses right he used, and to, he used yeah. to knock on the yeah. door and they would just close it on them and stuff he I was the original going guy to go in up their face with the camera that was him yeah wow that's amazing. I've, I've and and he well, you know, they well deserved to have the camera <laughs> in their faces <laughs> for what they were doing. Hassan, you also remember Arnold? I do. I don't. I don't remember him specifically. I remember the segment, ah. and I remember the music. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And I think, I think I remember the cab sequence. That was like one of his most famous ones. Here in the headlights, look on the cab driver when the camera's in his face. You specifically remember that. Yeah, I mean, he got a lot of stuff done, you know? Like, people actually, like, paid up at some point, right? Yeah. So, it, he was And really then spawned a lot of other, like, uh, copycat segments, like Fight Back. And, right. You know, like, yes. a lot of news uh, channels, like, started doing the same thing. Like he was yeah. the, and it's, like, the you know, it's just kind of, like, like, extreme investigative journalism <laughs> kind of situation. Yeah. Yeah, you heard that uh, if you didn't want to watch the news and it was on somewhere in the house and you heard that change, <laughs> you ran yeah. to see who he was going after. <laughs> so he was 74 years old. Too young. Um, God bless him. So moving on for some more sad news, um, actor Charles Richard Mull also died recently. As of oh this recording, uh, no cause of death has been announced. While appearing oh no. in a slew of TV movies and movies, uh, TV shows and movies, as well as the animated series to boot, Richard is perhaps best known for his role as, I did not know this, Aristotle Nostradamus Bull Shannon on the NBC series Night Court, which <laughs> ran from 1984 to 1992. On the animated front, Richard is perhaps best known for his role of uh, Harvey Dent slash Two-Face in Batman the Animated Series. In addition to Bull, I remember him as Norman in one of the best animated series I've ever seen in my life, uh, Mighty Max. Um, that show had time travel. It was... Um, it had adult themes. It had great humor. It had top-notch acting for for a cartoon, and the the the, the style was was like very dark and different from anything on the air at the time. It was in the nineties, uh, from nineteen ninety four, I believe. And what made it also cool about the show is that at the end it had like a lesson, but then there was times where there was like a cliffhanger, and so he wasn't at the end giving the lesson because he was in the middle of the story. So I was like, wow, that's so different that they did that, and then the finale. <laughs> Which you know, spoilers. Um, it was a it was a time travel loop. So they lost at the end, and he managed to have a time travel and went back in time to the first episode. And so then he knew what to do, and he was going to go all over it again. I was like, this is one of the greatest shows ever. Um, Hassan, you remember <laughs> Maddie Max? No, no. Yeah, I, <laughs> I just not. gave it a, a astounding review. All right, fine. I know. I <laughs> I, I believe you. I just don't remember it. <laughs> I'm so glad he didn't ask me. <laughs> 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 Lee, do you remember Mighty Max? Uh, no, I don't remember that. But <laughs> wow. I remember, no, I didn't really. You know, I mean, that wasn't one of my things. I mean, Night Court was a big deal for me. Oh, I think, right, you know, that was a Night funny Court show. was amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. There's a, there's a fantastic <laughs> moment of Night Court for for Bull 
It's so fantastic. It's one of the most brilliant pieces of, like, snap writing. Um, supposedly he had got hit by lightning. And so he was in the judge's quarters, and the doctor was over him, and they all came running in and said, is, is he all right, Doc? And the doctor said, that depends. What did he look like before? <laughs> yes, I remember that, yes. <laughs> and then they said, oh, he looked just like that. He goes, then he's fine. He's spooky, but he's fine. <laughs> Um, of One note, of my favorite jokes of all time. Of note, he was six foot eight at the height of his career. Ha <laughs> yeah. ha. Uh, no pun intended. Right? He there was uh, eighty years old. Wow. Shots fired. <laughs> I was confused. Wow. I always think that he's in the Road Warrior movie for some. Oh, reason. with the with the Mohawk. No, that that guy yeah. was a I was a villain on Power Rangers. Was he really? Yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, we were, we met him at the uh, Wintercon. Yeah. He was yeah. Wintercon. Well, I can't remember his name right now, but that that guy was. It was that guy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Right, and I'm always like, that guy's from uh, that guy. Night Court, but he's not from Night no. Court. <laughs> he, he married that girl. <laughs> I think we all married that girl. Uh, all right, so, but <laughs> and he had that kid. <laughs> last, <laughs> last bit of sad news. Oh, um, my God, there's more. Last bit. Um, actor Matthew Langford Perry also died recently uh, for an apparent oh drowning. Uh, growing up, I remember Matthew as this guy who kept popping up on shows here and there until he started until he starred. In this weird little show on Fox called Second Chances in 1987, it was basically about a guy who went, who died and went up to get judged. And the people, if you did bad, it was like a, a, an arrow that said you were going to hell. And if you did good, it was an arrow saying you were going to go to heaven. But when he stood on the pedestal, he was exactly even. So they couldn't decide where to send him. So they decided, all right, you're going to go back to when you were a kid right. and influence yourself to go better. That was the premise of the show. <laughs> it's called Second Chances. And then... It, I it, thought that it was changed. Chandler. I, I thought that was the other guy. No, no, that was Matthew Perry. Was it? Yeah. Okay. And All right. and then the show um, got got because it was Fox when they were starting out, so they were just throwing up anything up against the All wall right, yeah. when it stuck. And then they decided that they didn't like that idea, and they changed the premise mid-show, and they renamed it and called it "Boys Will Be Boys," and they just focused on the antics of him as a kid, which was Matthew Perry and his wacky friends. And I was like, well, they never resolved if he went to hell or not. I was like, oh, well, I guess that's just how it happens. (laughs) Obviously, this was on the same time as the one with Richard Moe because I don't (laughs) remember either of them. This was 1987, (laughs) but 80s, early I do vaguely remember it, though. I do do remember it myself. I've seen a couple of episodes of it in the original format, not the... the, Fox did that a lot, though. They just reformatted a lot of their shows. That was like... They were famous for that in the mid-90s. Because they were trying whatever they could to make a new network. Right. So right. they're like, well, we yeah. have this cast. We have these people. Let's just name it something else. Yeah. Um, I remember uh, Duet. They had a show called Duet. It was yep. a romantic uh, yeah. comedy about these two guys, and they, and they get together. And then um, the, the side characters became more popular as the series went along. So they just kind of shifted yeah, the focus on that. Yeah, Ellen DeGeneres was one of them. And it was called um, Open House, and it became Realtors. And then the main yep. character was like the secondary character when the season later on. It was the weirdest time. It's the weirdest time when a new show, a new network comes yes. out. Yeah. We're never gonna have you that ever talk again. You about weird? The, yeah. the first season of the retooled show, they all had to sit down in a room and explain the changes. <laughs> wow, that's funny. Which was just, just and baffling. then and then somebody had to accept it. <laughs> that's even more crazy. You know, but and, <laughs> I gotta tell you, back in the day, we were a lot more accepting of things. Um, I remember. Yeah. Uh, one of my one of my favorite shows back in the time was Sledgehammer. Oh yeah, and that was a good show. what they did was 
they had him blow up a nuclear bomb in the middle of Chicago and, and everybody quote unquote died. But yeah. the show was so popular mm-hmm. that they brought it back. And if you go look online, you see like the behind the scenes. So they mm-hmm. thought they were going to be canceled. They figured, why not just blow them up in a nuclear explosion? Right. And then they got renewed. I'm like, well, what do we do now? So they actually had a network executive come out on the TV show for the premiere of the second episode, of uh, the second season. He goes, well, uh, we couldn't figure out how uh, we going to get out of this. So basically, we're going to show the early years of the series. And then you just <laughs> went on and said, let's have the early years. <laughs> Well, it's <laughs> it's amazing with Chicago because first the fire happens, they build it up again, and they call it Second City, and now they blow it up, and it comes back again. So, what is that like, Third City? I don't know. I don't know. This must have been an era where I was watching a lot of sports. Anyway, Matthew was fifty-four years old, and um, one other thing about Matthew Perry is that he was in a movie. Called Fools Rush In. Right. Yeah. I saw that yeah. three times. That movie. I was in Belmont Hayek. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I was working at Blockbuster at the time, yeah. and this guy came in, and he had a thick accent, and he was asking for Fools Rush In, but he didn't say Fools Rush In. He said, "Do you have Pools Rush In?" I'm like. Russians playing pool? What the hell movie is that? <laughs> or and he kept on saying, Pool's Russian. You know, Pool's Russian. Pool's Russian. I'm like, what the hell? And it took me like a day to figure out, oh, Pool's Russian. So that's... That's pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> did, he, did he bring it back on time and rewind? Mark. He brought it back on time and he rewinded, Yay! yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't think I saw that movie, actually. <laughs> Lee just hasn't seen anything. Yeah, I mean, I've seen stuff. I mean, I know he's been around, but, I, you know, I mean, I knew he was in a lot of TV shows back in the day, and I was like, oh, that's that guy who's in, like, every show. George Clooney did the same thing, right? Yeah, he just, was, like, until, until ER. Right, until yeah. ER, yeah. So it would be like, oh, Friends, okay, I'm not going to watch that. But, you know, it was just kind of like, you know. This is going to be another fail or cancel show. <laughs> Ten years later, it's one of the most popular shows on Earth. It's right. it's amazing how the rest of the cast must feel. They must be yeah. devastated because yeah. he was such a... They were all iconic in that in that show. It's it's hard to believe that one is gone. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Like I said, he was 54. So that's, that's wild. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's not even old. That's not no, even close no. to old. No. That was old when we were not young. Right. Now it's not old anymore. Okay. <laughs> no. So that's it for the sad news. We're going to take a quick break, Yay. and we'll be right back with Came From The Radio. Hi, you've heard my voice open and close the show. Now we want to hear your voice. If you have a business or a product, you can record a commercial here. We offer 30 and 60 second spots. For more information, contact Mark at MFC underscore studios at hotmail.com. BKG Productions, LLC, your ultimate audio transformation partner. Got audio that needs a magic touch? I am here to elevate your content, specializing in professional audio editing. I can clean up background noise, plosives, and pesky S sounds from podcasts to songs. I've got you covered. Whether it's an interview, music track, setting volumes to precise specs, email bkgbobiz at gmail.com or go to fiverr.com, search for BK Graves 1 and trust me to make your sound sparkle. Hi, this is Suli from Face Off Season 2. You're listening to It Came From The Radio. My neural net processor is linked to sci-fi.radio. The sci-fi for my Wi-Fi. The more I listen, the more I learn. This is Quentin Flynn, a popular voice actor known for Axel, Tamon, uh, and Raiden from the Metal Gear series. And you're listening to It Came From The Radio. Stick around. Now, back to our show. 
Hey folks, I just have to say as part of the news, today was the New York City Marathon and uh, I was blessed with such a great family. I have so many amazing, multi-talented nieces and nephews and one of them ran the marathon today and she did it in four hours. So a big congratulations to my niece, Dominica. Way to go, lady. Yay. Awesome. Wait, we don't get claps? We don't, where's, where's my clap sound hey, effect? Hey, where's the applause? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right, so back to the regular news. Uh, from the, what, there we go. The, the <laughs> audience was late. Um, one strike and you're out. Follow department. As of today, we are on day 114 of the actor strike, <gasps> and that's still going on. And they say they're close to making a deal, but they've been saying that for a while. We're still here. Like, how much longer is this going to go out? I've been saying it's going to take a long time. I still think it might hit the holidays. What do you think, Lee? <laughs> I mean, I hope it doesn't hit the holidays. You know, you kind of want to start getting into production again. So, you know, it would be nice to see some new stuff, you know, <laughs> come out, you know, or get at least done soon. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I hope, yeah, I hope it doesn't last that long. Charlie, what do you got? I um, went to see Robert Klein last night. He was at the Argyle Theater in West Babylon, and he did such a funny bit on the uh, actor strike. He said... <laughs> He said, most unions, they just give speeches. Uh, these guys rehearse. And he started going into a big Shakespearean speech on the, the union. It was hysterical. Oh! I, can't even, I can't even think of it, but he was doing this English Shakespearean thing, and it was just great to see because it's an amazing strike so far. Hassan, what do you got? I mean, I think it's terrible that they're still on strike, you know? It's uh, it's crippling everything, you know, including. I mean, it, it 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 trickles out even to our little corner of the universe, right? Because yeah. after a while, yeah. we're gonna run out of stuff to talk. About. <laughs> yep, they're still on strike. What's next week? Yeah, it's pretty much. We've been talking about this for a long time. I'm gonna say yeah. at least six months. I mean, yeah, I Something mean, like other that. than yeah. they're still on strike, we're gonna run out of like material <laughs> to talk about. That's what happened when the pandemic happened very early. And we were like, "There's no, there's no TV shows, there's no movies, there's no, nothing, yeah. there's yeah. nothing to talk about." <laughs> well. oh! But we still have other stuff to talk yeah. about. So let's say from the, it's still following department. Writer director David Robert Mitchell has announced that he is reuniting with actress Micah Monroe and making the sequel to their 2014 film. It follows with, they follow. Principal photography is scheduled for some time next year. Uh, the movie made uh, a million dollars off of a, no, it made twenty three million dollars off of a one million dollar budget. Um, did you guys did you see uh, it follows Charlie? Um, no, no. Did you see it follows Lee? You know what? Today I'm striking out on the movie <laughs> front. And wow. Movie front, so. All right, <laughs> Hassan. Did you see it follows? I have seen it follows. Okay. No! So do you think <laughs> they, they it should be a sequel or was it good as it is? Listen, without a spoiler, it doesn't really get a resolution at the end. It's one of those horror movies, like, you know, the shark's still out there. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I can imagine it, it's going to go on. I'm not going to see it because <laughs> as, as, cheaply, as, as cheap as that production budget was, the movie is extremely unsettling. It's not a very... It, there was it, two it, it, scenes. It's an effective horror movie. There Let's was just yes, say it's a very effective horror movie. There was two scenes that were incredibly well done. 
Because basically it's about an entity that's following a person and the, the, the entity just walks. It doesn't run, it doesn't fly. It's just a force of nature just walking in a physical presence. So there's one scene where there's dialogue happening between two characters and way in the background is one person just walking slowly towards the, the camera. And you don't realize it until that's the thing that's coming after them. And they're not, like, they're not, they're not oogie boogie. They're just, they just walk to you and they kill you when they touch you. That's it. So that one scene where, and they did it twice. That you know you don't know who it is. It can change shape and well, form. Well, they, they don't. Okay, just to clarify, they don't kill you when they touch you. They murder you. Yes, oh, okay. horrible, horrible murder. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to. I'm trying to just the bare bones of it. I'm just. I don't want to give. I don't want to make it give the impression that all they have to do is touch you and you die. <laughs> you know, it's but it. it be, it's a brutal yes. attack after they get to you. But they did, they just walk, and it, and it was just like one shot and one scene just coming. It was really well done. That was kind of creepy because yeah. you're not paying attention. And you know, hey, that's, nope. oh, my God, that's the thing. Yeah, and, yeah. and it's just walking. Down, doo, 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 doo. So, yes, that's, yeah. <laughs> so, I, yeah, go ahead. No, no, I'm just saying I, that's why I don't, I don't watch horror films. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's a good reason why I didn't see it, you know. All right, fine. <laughs> All right, so let's see. From the last bit of news, from the... What do you mean you can't pause the movie department? At three oh, hours man. and 26 minutes, the new film, Killers of the Flowers of the Moon, uh, inadvertently has sparked a debate. Turns out that a, quote, few, unquote, movie theaters have took it upon themselves and decided to add a 6 to 15 minute intermission during the film to allow moviegoers to take bathroom breaks and run to the concession stand without missing any part of the flick. Apparently, Apple, the film's producer, and Paramount, which is the film's distributor, are extremely upset about this budding trend and have started calling theaters to stop this from spreading and have the offending theaters remove the intermission. Executives say, <clears throat> the issue here is that the exhibiting picture with an intermission is a violation of paragraph 3 of the domestic licensing agreement. This states that, quote, unless otherwise authorized in writing, exhibitors shall not all, uh, exhibit the title without alteration or intermission on screen auditorium identified in the booking confirmation unquote so having worked in a movie theater I do remember that they were like it has to play in X movie theater you know we had 12 movie theaters now this movie has to play in theater number 5 because it has so many seats and that's what they booked it for that's what they paid for it's a big thing so let me tell you something. Working at the movie theater, we just as long as we got the movie up on the screen, that's all we cared about. So sometimes movies showed in different theaters. Sometimes movies didn't play. But did they know? No. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, years ago they did have intermissions. They right. Did, yeah. In, in the, yeah. So. Yeah, they had it for uh, like the right stuff. Once upon Once upon a time in uh, America, I think had it. Yeah. And I think there's a few others that actually had it. But the fact that. They're upset about this and that they took it upon themselves to have an intermission. As a filmmaker, Lee, what are your thoughts about that? I mean, three and a half hours or whatever is a long time, you know. And oh. yeah. <laughs> Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, you have to do that kind of thing. And I yeah. wouldn't mind if it was like a good, like, you know, 10 minutes or whatever, you know, for that kind of period. But if they, know? but if you made the movie to be seen a certain way and then they chop it up, it ruins the flow, right? Or no? <laughs> I mean, it, yeah, I guess depends it could. Depends on when they chop it up. Right. It depends <laughs> on when they cut. I mean, if. But then who's, who's deciding where to chop it up? Well, I think the movie maker should realize that, you know, the studio should know that people are not. I mean, first of all, your attention span is very <laughs> limited as it is. For, so, you know. To go from 90 minutes to, you know, a normal movie to over, you know, two hours or three hours, is, that's a long time for people to kind of sit, especially, 
his demographic audience at this stage, <laughs> right? Because most of us are older who are watching a Scorsese film. Well, speaking of know? his demographic, senior correspondent Charlie Saladino, <laughs> what do you think about having an intermission or not having an intermission during the movie? Well, unless you bring a wide mouth Gatorade bottle, <laughs> I know for the guys. I mean, you could watch the whole. You could watch a Scorsese film. Uh, yeah, but uh, no, it's it again. It depends if you're gonna. It depends, huh? Do an. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're very whimsical. That was, um, that was quick. But mm. it, it, it depends. Again, I say it on where you're gonna cut it. If it's a lull in the action, like if it's an end of a scene where it's fine. It's not a crescendo. It's not a you know, cliffhanger, then the machine, uh, you know, the end of a scene where you go, you fade to black, yeah. then sure, you could put it there, and then you come up from black when you come back on the intermission. Yeah, Ten Commandments had it. <laughs> yeah, they so, had intermission also. Hi, yeah. Hassan, you got like a minute. What do you got? Uh, intermission's good. <laughs> <laughs> you got to go to the bathroom. I mean, it's all about the audience participation, right? It's all about the audience, the comfort of the audience. So if, if a movie feels too long while you're sitting there and watching it, you're probably going to give it a bad review, even if it was an enjoyable yeah. film, because if the, the audience wasn't comfortable. So, I mean, yeah. you know, maybe maybe think about your audience instead of <laughs> thinking about the presentation of the brilliance and wonderfulness of your art. Get to but, jump you know, in there. Well, 30 um, seconds. Thank God the Irishman, I watched it at home because oh, right. I stopped it a couple of times <laughs> to get to that bathroom. Yeah. Same thing. So Me too. Uh, we're almost out of time. So, uh, Senior Correspondent, you want a final thought for a new segment? Uh, yes, a new new final thought. Everybody check out the Chloe Bell Foundation. Go and Google that and uh, make some kids happy. Open your wallets, open your hearts, and make them smile for the holidays. All right, Lee, final thought? Um, I just opened up a screenplay contest, <laughs> so I think you guys should check that out on Film Freeway. It's called Blue Eye uh, Screenplay Contest. Check it out. Hassan, final thought? Studios, make a deal. Get the actors back to work. All right, so everybody who's listening to us on the air, we'll see you next week. And for everybody else, stay tuned for more It Came From the Radio. Hey, it's Marissa Jade, your favorite mob wife, and you're listening to It Came From the Radio. Now, back to our show. Hey, it came from the radio fans. It's Chris Woolsey, the king of streaming, back with another segment of Chris's picks for what is hot on Crackle this month. Well, we have got a ton of really fun titles for you this month. Uh, one of my favorites, uh, we've got this really interesting uh, this is a sneaker culture talk show uh, called Just for Kicks, and it's uh, just super interesting. It's uh, hosted by uh, Don Benjamin, um, who is a male supermodel, as well as uh, Wesley Was Good Armstrong, J.D. Torres, DJ Who Kid. Uh, it is filled with celebrities like NBA legend Allen Iverson. Um, YouTube comedy sensation Adam Waheed, um, Leanne V, Rich the Kid, uh, Jordan Clarkson, Bun B, uh, rap um, legend. Just all kinds of great guests talking about uh, their favorite shoes, some of their favorite shoe stories. But there's also like a game show element to this show uh, that just makes it super fun. 
Um, we, you can binge the entire series just for kicks on Crackle now. Um, we've also got a fantastic uh, feature called The Birthday Cake, and this is starring Val Kilmer, um, Ewan McGregor, and William Fitchner, uh, who's in uh, The Dark Knight. It's a, uh, on, the an- on the 10th anniversary of his father's death, uh, Giovanni reluctantly accepts the task of bringing a cake to the home of his uncle, who just so happens to be a mob boss uh, for a celebration. And just a couple of hours into the night, his life is forever changed with this very simple errand. Uh, It is a fantastic film. If you like mob films, um, I think this is kind of a hidden gem, but it's uh, star-studded. The performances are spectacular. I highly recommend uh, cutting yourself a slice of the birthday cake. Um, But, you know, we are nearing uh, the holiday season, and so we want to kind of get your holiday season off to a uh, off with a bang, and so we have a fantastic horror comedy uh, called Black Friday, and this is starring one of my all-time favorite actors, Bruce Campbell, obviously from uh, Evil Dead, Army of Darkness, um, tons of different Sam Raimi projects, uh, Devin Devin Sawa from Final Destination, and Ivana Bacaro. Uh, from Pan's Labyrinth. It's it's super funny. So it's about a bunch of employees at a large toy store who are preparing for Black Friday, but it just so happens that the customers get turned into a zombie invasion. It is a fantastic movie. If you're looking for a little comedy in your holiday fair, Black Friday is definitely the one for you. Um, but if you're looking for like a little more mainstream uh, holiday fair, we have Elliot the Littlest Reindeer, again, star-studded, um, Morena Bakarin from Homeland, Josh Hutcherson from uh, The Hunger Games, Martin Short uh, from Only Murders in the Building, John Cleese, uh, obviously from Monty Python, uh, tons of great celebs in this, but it's really cute, it's about a miniature horse that decides that he wants to fill an opening in Santa's reindeer crew. Um, It's awesome. It's great for the whole family. Um, Super fun. And the animation is spectacular. So check out Elliot the Littlest Reindeer. And then finally, you know, if you're looking for uh, even more uh, action in your holiday season, uh, I would recommend Centurion. Uh, This is starring Michael Fassbender uh, from X-Men Apocalypse. He's one of my favorite actors right now. Uh, Dominic West from The Wire. Uh, Olga uh, Olga Kirlilenko from Hitman. Um, It's it's about a splinter group of Roman soldiers who fight for their lives behind enemy lines after their legion is devastated in a guerrilla attack. It's actually based on on a real event. I looked this up. And um, it, 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 historians uh, don't really know what happened, so this is sort of a, a speculative historical uh, drama. It is phenomenal. Uh, you know, if you like these kinds of films, um, Gladiator and things like that, I highly recommend checking out Centurion. But uh, again, this has been Chris's picks for what is hot on Crackle this month, and thank you. It came from the radio fans. I look forward to seeing you next month. Bye-bye. 
Hello friends, this is Ranger Rob and I'd like to talk to you about dog poop. That's right, dog poop. I invented Ranger Rob Pet Poopy Bags, a very large bag with handles. My bags support large and small dogs and smell like lemon. They are strong and affordable. You can find Ranger Rob Pet Poopy Bags at Amazon. They come in sheets or in rolls and come with a dispenser. Once you try Ranger Rob Pet Poopy Bags, you'll never want to go back. So come join us. Go to Amazon and try Ranger Rob Pet Poopy Bags today. Now, back to our show. Hey, this is Jay Burden Lee, and we're here to talk about movies, music, TV, and what's going on in our part of the world. Today we're going to talk about The World's End. The World's End. Give me a pint, lad. This Oi. is the movie, yes, with Simon Pegg. Is the guy. That's his name? Yeah, he's Benji, right? From he looks like a Simon Pegg. What do you mean? How do you look like a Simon Pegg? <laughs> Sometimes people look like their names. So you think he looks like Simon? What yeah. about the Beg? Peg. 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 Peg, yes. You're I don't telling know. me he doesn't look like a Simon Pegg. Wait, which one are we talking about? The guy. The main guy. You mean the guy that kept drinking all the beer? Yeah. Uh, That guy he looks, looks like, like a Simon. That guy looks like a Charlie. He, oh, he does. Get out of here, Charlie. <laughs> Simon, Charlie. He looks like a Simon, a Charlie, and a... He's Benji. been in a ton of stuff. You like him, right? You like him? Yeah. Yeah, he's not bad. Or an Albert. Not an Albert. I don't think an Albert. What about man. a Benji? He's a character. He's Benji in the Mission Impossible movies. Yeah, so it makes sense for him. He's also Scotty in Star Trek. So anyway... Not what, a Scotty. Tell me about The World's End. So, basically, you start off with a bunch of guys who want to drink beer. And basically, they're in a town, and they all, you have to hit, like, a bunch of bars. It's like 12 bars. Yeah. A pint at each bar. Mm Mm-hmm. Right? (laughs) Right? And then they end the last bar is called The World's End. Yeah. Okay. And basically, so, it's this one guy's dream, the main character, Simon. Yes. I don't know his real name in the thing, but... The King, Gary King. Gary King, ooh, yeah. Remember? Gary, King. Gary King. Gary, that sounds good. Yeah. I think no. he, he could be a Gary. Yeah. You said no. Oh, no. He's not know. a Gary. He's a Simon. He's a Gary. Simon what? or Charlie? I say Charlie. Charlie. Stop changing his name. But anyways, okay. um, <laughs> Simon, basically, he practically never got out of high school with how he acts. Yeah. Like, high school was his peak years, so when they're all older... Like, middle-aged, I guess? Yeah, they're all pretty much my age. They, uh... <laughs> He's terrible. <laughs> He's terrible. <laughs> He's living his high school dream. It's But basically, he gets the old gang back together, and they're all supposed to hit the world's end. And while they're doing it, they realize something is going very wrong. When Gary King gets into a bar fight. And people are blue robot thingies. All right, you are definitely telling the story, like, upside down. What, okay, do what, what am I saying upside down? What well, am pretty I much, wrong? So it's pretty much, so this guy named Simon, or Gar- I mean Ka- Gary King, so he pretty much go. so I think he's a police officer, right? No, he's not a police officer. What are you talking about? <laughs> I think you don't know what he's you're talking problem. about. Oh, well, he. so pretty much he walked into this town, and they had like, I don't know, let's go. <laughs> yes, no, she's right though, because she he punch, he gets into a bar fight, he punches a guy's face, and and he bl- and is some blue stuff that comes out of his head. Yeah, and they basically wind up finding out that things are not how it seems. They're like little aliens or something, replicas. Yeah, of, of, of what they originally like of a human. 
right. practically. But then there, Gary King is like, let's just continue this adventure. So he's like, we have to act as if nothing happened so they don't think we're, you know, suspicious of what's going on. So they do. And basically things just get more and more insane. And some of their friends start to disappear. Yeah. And yeah. become replicas, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, what, did they get to the world's end? Uh, they did, but they, they didn't did. get to drink. Oh, the they didn't get to drink the last time. It was the right other there. guy, Andrew, uh, Andrew. The chubby guy. The big, yeah, he, uh, wound up throwing it out of his hand. And then when he tried to pour another one, they got sucked down into into the, the depth, floor depths of the floor yeah yeah the and cave. then you, all you saw was all the clones oh yeah gosh. people yeah so did you like this movie it was good it was that was a crazy twist because i was not i was genuinely not expecting it at all yeah. when it happened i literally gasped because <laughs> the thing is i was expecting it to be a normal drinking movie and then all of a sudden it and all of a sudden... It got into an alien. Yeah, and I was like... <gasps> oh, man. Was that really funny? I was expecting, like, blood to be all over there. Really? I mean, I thought... It, yeah, I guess that's a good point. It should have been blood all over the place, but it, it wasn't... And then they got out, right? Yeah, yeah. No, they eventually got out, but the world was practically over. So. Yep. Oh, man. You know. All right, so... I don't know. It really was the world's end. That's so funny. Well, it was, because then the guy destroyed all the technology. Yeah. Oh, he did? Basically. Oh. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'd watch it. It was very cool. We basically spoiled the entire thing, but... But in such a weird way good. that you probably didn't understand what we said, so yeah. you should probably watch it. Yeah, you should watch it. All right. Stay safe, stay healthy, and stay connected. Bye. The Comic Book Depot has been in business since 1993. Your one-stop comic book shop for comics, gaming, and collectibles. The Comic Book Depot club membership is $15 and gets you 15% off new comics, back issues, graphic novels, and 10% off comic book supplies. Located at 2847 Jerusalem Avenue in Wontaw, New York. Contact us on Facebook for curbside pickup because new comics are back. For more information, give Alan a call at 516-221-9337. The Comic Book Depot. Now, back to our show. Ahoy, mateys! I'm here with founder of Dismay Comics and host of the Store Brand Comics podcast, Brandon Ingram. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So we're going to go right into it, as I always do. I don't like fluff or filler talk. So number one, on a separate interview, you mentioned wanting to turn your written work, Gallows Man, into a movie. But you realize that could cost like $500,000, which I guess you didn't have it lying around. You broke, loser. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) That's a lot of money. (laughs) It costs a lot of money to make a movie, even low budget. But we could talk about making a movie for $2,000 on a separate note. So you decided to turn this comic book into a comic book instead. So can you tell me about the process? Is Did you want to make a movie first? And then you're like, oh, I'll just make a comic book. Like, what was the thought process? It started out like the Gatman series itself. It started out as a film script because before I got into writing comics, I was into writing film scripts. And it was around the time, like right before Infinity War came out. I think it was never Infinity War, the trailer came out. It was huge. Everyone was talking about superhero stuff. So for me, it was like, let me, I love superheroes. Let me, I want to write something superhero related, but there's a million different superhero properties out there. So it's like, I want to write something different. 
And so eventually I brainstormed and that's how I got the idea of like Adam West Batman. But what if like whenever they go for the punch and there's the pow or the, the bam, like you have that, you see the bam or the pow, but then you see like a pretty gruesome aftermath of like guy's neck broken or, or this mm. or that, whatever it may be. Um, Which so we started usually don't out see as, anything in comic books yeah. or, or the Marvel movies, right? We don't really see yeah. too much. <laughs> right. All this stuff happens. You would think you're going to see guts and intestines and okay, continue. But yeah, it was one of those things where like overall the gallows man is like rated R or rated M if you're going comics um, only because of like the over the top violence and like gore that's in it. Like there's no smoking. There's no language there's no nudity there's none of that there's like nothing else it's literally just the over-the-top violence because i like that I, I mean i like the idea of that of like it's the campy world of like adam west batman and everyone is just like desensitized to the violence and stuff because it does kind of harken back to the 1940s because that's where the gals man is said is 1940s where comics at that time like you had, I, I, I'm not pro uh, uh, comics code, but I see what they were going for at the end. It, it went over the top. At the beginning, like, you had all these heroes and stuff that were killing and, like, slaughtering, like, muggers, stuff like that. Mm. Um, and you had little kids, like, yeah, I want to be like him. The guy that's, like, there's literally a, a character, a golden character named Hangman. So I'm sure like some little kids are like, yeah, I want to be like Hangman, like a little five-year-old doing that. I was like, what if you translate that into a comic world? Mm -hmm. That was, man, to where like the whole city is like, yeah, like superheroes rock. And like overall, the bad guys aren't. So you can root for that. Like like for Gallows Man beating up the Nazis and stuff. Like that's good. That's the universal bill. Um, but like seeing the violence towards like muggers sometimes within the comic, like uh, there's there's kind of a desensitization of violence with the characters of like, you got him again, Gallus man, good job. They all have like a, a jovial laugh, laugh kind of. The question, if you had only one option, you have to pick, you have to turn Gallus man, actually any of your writings into a movie or into a comic book and you have to decide right now which one would you choose right now today uh, or comic it is is tv an option nope <laughs> oh, okay movie if, if movie well, actually go. video and video that video can be put anywhere that that once it's a movie you can take clips which i'm going to do on one of my movies today camp blood shout okay. out i'm going to put that on instagram you can put it anywhere but it's a movie okay. Same with comic book. You can put it anywhere, but it's comic if book. It's, if it's just a movie, I'll go Gallows Man because like, I, I really want to see that as a low-budget movie. Okay. Uh, I do have something that I have been writing recently that I'd like to see. It's going to be a comic, but I'd like to see like a, like a web series or short TV show or whatever. So. Okay. 
So I'm going to go right to the very end. <laughs> my last question. Then we'll go back to my second question because my last questions are usually more interesting to me because I'm getting into it. So you have the animals slaughtering the poachers in one of your stories. So that's one thing a lot of people want to see. They want to see someone try to kill a lion or a gorilla and then the gorilla or lion goes, hi, you stupid human. We got you. So many artists create what they want to see. What things have you created or will you create that are things you also want to see in the real world so you're putting in in your books instead yeah i would say like for example that story fierce pets and like pets is the acronym it's uh precise ecosystemic tactical squad like harkening back to the wildcats days of having acronyms for stuff um i that is like a hyperization of that type of thing of like how gruesome it is these poachers getting torn apart by these animals and stuff. But I mean, like, like it's not entirely a thing in the U S but like mm -hmm. poaching is still a very big thing to where mm -hmm. like, I, I, I mean, in real life, I would like to see poaching stop. I, I don't see it happening in my lifetime, but mm. it would be good for kind of stop. Like, like, like the elephants, they're saving the elephants in the story, like stuff like that. Okay, so that so you just want to continue with more, uh, I guess, poaching ending. You didn't say you want to see animals killing poachers in real life. So I guess you're not canceled yeah. yet. <laughs> Based on <off> this interview. <laughs> Anything else you want to see in real life that you're going to put in your books? Uh, not entirely, because most of my books are like, uh, like comedy or heavy satire to where like it, it's, it's poke fun at like just crazy things wild funny stuff in the comic to where if i saw that in real life i'd be like this isn't good gotcha. <laughs> like like it, it does it does kind of like hyper satirize some stuff in real life but like i don't want real life to get to that point okay got it got it because some people are like real life jokers and how they act on film and their work and art is actually how they want to be uh, in reality, there's a no line between reality and their art or a very, very thin line. Okay, so the mortician, I really like this. The mortician in Tales from Town City is incinerating the bodies of dead villains. And he's trying to make sense of the animal-based names. So he's hearing names like the frog. And he's like, well, I don't, I guess it makes sense that they call you the frog because you're dressed like a frog. And he's talking kind of like Larry David-esque while he's about to put their bodies in the incinerator, trying to say, yeah. why are you names like this? Why does this make sense? Now, uh, what things in life are you trying to make sense of? Um, I Just think like, this like doesn't make in sense. terms of yeah. some things that, that don't make sense sometimes is like, I, 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 for the most part, give people the benefit of the doubt, not all the time, but like I do understand that we all make mistakes. Now, like there can be major mistakes, mm -hmm. but um, I do believe in second chances and giving people the benefit of, of the doubt. But sometimes I do try to make sense of like, why did you do that? Or, or why? why did you allow this to happen like with with different people I, I do that for myself as well i think we're all uh we're all our biggest our biggest critics like our ourselves we're our biggest critics so i think mm -hmm. i do that the most to myself but i do see people out there where it's like 
why why are you doing this? I try to give people benefit of the doubt. Do you think the pandemic made sense? <laughs> no, it, it was it was a <laughs> wild time. Um, like a lot of craziness happened. I mean, like like uh -huh. not just not just like like us, the the pandemic itself, deaths that happened, uh, people being stupid and not realizing that it could spread, but also just like some of the the dumb stuff. Like, yes, it makes sense that water would run out. It makes sense that some food would out or whatever, but stuff like toilet paper, that still doesn't <laughs> make sense why that ran out, but I don't know. Okay, so your work is satire, or at least what I've seen is a lot of satire, but you do write about homeless people, which are real, and it's a very sad situation. Anyway, you cut it, but you could find humor in anything. I mean, I've even told rape jokes, and those are funny according to some people, and some people think you can't joke about rape ever. And I'm sure there's some people that think you can't joke about homeless people. But anyway, uh, do you find that your mood, your mindset, point of views are different when you're writing about silly villains versus, let's say, homeless people? How does the writing about different content affect your mind, your mood, your day? Are you affected by what you create? Um, I mean, I guess to a degree, we all are as creators. Like, like, there's some part of it that imprints on you or, or affects you in some way. Um, when it comes to the comedy stuff, it, it's, it is like, like gallows, man. I expect people to get this message from it. Like, like the whole, like, every, we're all desensitized to violence by this point on, on various levels. Um, as well as like the homeless thing, there's a part in gallows, man, number one, where he and, his sidekick go to a place called Farside Alley, which is where like all the homeless villains like are at. And Gallows Man is like uh, these disgusting wretches, that sort of thing. Um, because it's just like one, it's kind of the times, like the 1940s at that time. Like, yes, there were some like homeless activists and stuff like that back then, but like not really. It was just like kind of push them off to the side. And it still is today. I'm not saying that it's much better. It is better today. But back then it was so worse. So kind of like taking bits and pieces of, of history and real life stuff and kind of incorporating it. But through this like dark comedy superhero element. Do you find that you'll be in a different mood if you're writing about something really funny versus something kind of scary? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like, because uh, when I'm writing something funny, a lot of times I'm like laughing at stuff, even if it is like kind of dark and messed up. Like, not saying all the stuff I write is dark or messed up. I'm not an edge lord or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But like, like, yeah, I, I'm like laughing. And a lot of times it's laughing at the absurdity of the situation where with horror, like when I'm writing that, there's no like laughing at all. Like, I'm trying to like, convey a mood convey like a, a feeling or and a lot of times when i'm writing that it's to like not entirely freak myself out but go off of possible fears that i have mm -hmm. so i'm not like laughing amidst the fears kind of anything you've seen in real life that you put in your comic books ah uh, yes um disney avenue number one is like the best uh 
best um, representative of that, where the first third of that story is like a 40 page story. The first like 15 pages roughly is all like beat for beat, like a date and on back in college. Like it was, it's, it takes place at a, a movie theater and like creepy stuff happens at the mm-hmm. movie theater and stuff. But like the first 15 pages is like beat for beat, like this weird movie theater we went to weird stuff was happening while we were at the movie theater. And then like the tension died in real life. It was like, Oh, we were just like, like playing tricks in our head, like thinking stuff was happening. So it, it ended there, but the comic is like, what if it actually was this weird, creepy thing that happened? So I'd say that's the example of like taking something from real life and applying it to a story or a comic of it. So these things didn't really happen at the movie theater, but you were thinking that they might have happened or they're in your head? Well, what or it perhaps was, we you got... took a psychedelic and you thought. No, 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 no. No, we neither of us took psychedelics. I don't think, unless like the movie mm. theater, uh, like pumped us with something. Right. But no, it was it was it was like a it was just a weird movie theater we'd never heard of. She wanted to see a movie that I had never really heard of. We went there. Parking lot's dead. It's nighttime, so it should be alive. Parking lot's dead. No one's there. Just one car. We get in. There's two like concessions, teenagers, and then a a guy off in the corner with a hoodie over his head, like standing in the corner, like facing the corner type thing. Mm. Um, yeah, that's And weird. the whole time, there's just an odd vibe. And then we go into the auditorium, we're talking some, and four or five minutes go by, and we're like, we're looking at the screen. And it's like this ad, at the time, it was a Chevy ad. It's like this ad has been on a loop. Like there's a piano loop. It's supposed to be like a 15 second ad been on a loop the past three or four minutes and we're just now noticing and we're just kind of joking like oh what if they're like trying to brain us or whatever like like that sort of stuff and then i leave and i go to the projectionist tell them to reboot the projection i come back the screen is off because i assume they're rebooting my date is not there so i'm like oh she's trying to scare me or whatever shining my phone like through the theater can't find her. I'm starting to freak myself out. I walk out of the auditorium and then that's where the tension died. I looked up. I was in the wrong auditorium. I go to the next one. That's where she is. But the book picks up like right after that point of like, what if it is this creepy thing that's happening? Right, right. Very interesting. I like to see the artist process. So thank you for that. So this will lead yeah. me to my last question. Um, back to the animal slaughtering. Now in Tales from Town City, super animals are on a mission to slaughter poachers. What does this mean exactly? And how did you come up with this idea? Final question. Uh, it ultimately came from, I was doing an interview on another, like a YouTuber's channel. And they had mentioned, because Hangmud, the, the dog in the story, like he's a character within the gallows. Not, he's not there often. But the person that asked, like, hey, are we ever going to see more Hangmud? And I was like, no, after issue two of The Gallows Man, he's not really there. He's not dead. It's like He doesn't show up anymore. Um, and I was like, hmm, I kind of do want to do, like, a Hangmud story. Because at that time, I had read uh, Matt Fraction's Hawkeye. And there's a whole issue of that where it's Pizza Dog. It's like the dog in the comic. Where it's his perspective. 
it's like pizza dogs perspective going about stuff i was like i don't want to just like copy that i don't want to do beat for beat with that. i was like what if i can do the pet's perspective but it's still us as humans reading it to where like anytime the animals are, are talking it's just bark 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 or like meow 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 or if it's a snake it's like this sort of stuff that like you can't understand and i will say for those that read it i did have words like in my head of what they were saying but i just replaced those words and put the animal noise in so as you're reading you can just try to guess what the animals are saying in that Oh, interesting. So you don't have the animals say any real words? No real words. Like the only people that like say actual words are like the humans. Because there are oh, humans God. like the poachers and then like uh, the gallows man whenever he's there. Like you do see people, but when the animals are saying stuff, it's all like the animal noises. And, and it plays somewhat comedically because there's a whole page where it's gallows man and the superhero cat and it's just it, it's it's almost like the nine panel grid mm -hmm. but it's like it's them talking back and forth but it's just like the meow 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 it's like bark bark like question marks and stuff and you're like what what is this, like, this so i could write for that ridiculous mm -hmm. I yeah yeah, yeah i think so just just hmm. just animal noises so on that note, please tell our listeners where to find you, social media, websites, list that all right there. Yeah, so uh, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, at Disney Comics. Um, I post fairly regularly. I've got a Kickstarter that's running from September 5th to mm -hmm. October 5th for Telltown City. It's a spinoff of the Gallows Man series. It follows like some of the minor characters that were introduced in the gals man and kind of see their day-to-day -day stuff like there's three stories in issue one it's an anthology so each issue is self-contained uh three stories in issue one story about uh two homeless villains trying to use their expired coupons at a convenience store second story is a mortician trying to make sense of devil's names and the third story are the super animals slaughtering poachers um really funny. good little variety there but uh yeah september 5th to october 5th um hope hope people can uh can check this out it's a it's a pretty wild book but it, it's, it's really fun and fun so i'll put this kickstarter link at the bottom of the video and thank you so much brandon and now that's more came from the If you had any honor you would listen to Sci-Fi.Radio, the sci-fi for your Wi-Fi. Kapla! Now, back to our show. So that about does it for this week on the Came From the Radio. Join us right here any week on this radio station. If you miss any part of this show, tough. go to our newly revised website, www.itcamefromradio.com. The archives will be up in a week or so. Check us out on such places as btd.radio, sci-fi.radio, IndieVolt.com, CentralOregonRadio.com. Check us out on our places such as Facebook, Instagram, YouTube page, Twitter. And always follow the cost-benefit ratio. If the benefits outweigh the costs, do it. If the costs outweigh the benefits, don't do it. Or just Google, it came from the radio. And we'll see you next week.
You've been listening to It Came From The Radio with Mark Torres. The views of the show's hosts and guests did not necessarily reflect that of the management, owners, or staff of the station. We now return you to your earthly scheduled broadcast.